After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brethren in every city in which we've proclaimed the word of the Lord and see how they are. Barnabas wanted to take John, called Mark, along with them also, but Paul kept insisting that they should not take him along, who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there occurred such a sharp disagreement that they separated from one another, and Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. Paul chose Silas and left, and being committed by the brethren to the grace of the Lord, he was traveling through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening churches. Father, I just thank you, God, for your word this morning. I pray, God, that you will speak to our hearts through your word today. And I, I pray that you would use it in our lives. Use it in my life. Use it in all of our lives. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Some of you are saying, what in the world is he going to get out of this text? All right. Um, Barnabas. Okay, uh, Acts chapter 4. You go back to Acts chapter 4. And we see the first mention of Barnabas in verse 36, 37. Joseph, a Levite of Cyprian birth, who was also called Barnabas by the apostles, which translated means sons of, uh, son of encouragement, who owned a tract of land, sold it, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. So that's our first introduction to this guy, Joseph, who was a Levite, uh, who was from Cyprus, and um, he, he, he was nicknamed son of encouragement. You know, that's a great name, huh? Yeah. And, um, and, and Acts chapter 4 reveals, obviously, that he was generous. Um, actually, 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6, Paul mentions Barnabas again later on and says, is it, is it just Barnabas and I that have to work for a living? You know, so, so, uh, so obviously, we don't know what his, what his trade was or what his work was, but he did something yeah. to provide for himself. So we, we know that much about him. Uh, Acts chapter 9, we, we, we see that, that Barnabas paves the way um, for, for Paul, uh, introducing him uh, to the believers that were in Jerusalem. When, he came, when, when Paul came to, to Jerusalem, he was trying to associate with the disciples, verse 26. But they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was a disciple, for good reason. He'd, kill, he'd killed a lot of Christians in Jerusalem. He'd left, he left uh, 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 children orphans. I, I mean, and, and he lived, lived with that the rest of his life. We hear that often from, from Paul, that, that he, he bore the weight of that reality. And so they weren't sure that he was actually a Christian, but Barnabas took hold of him and brought him to the apostles, described to them how he'd seen the Lord on the road, how he had talked, talked to him, how that Jesus had talked to him, and, and how at Damascus he had spoken out boldly in the name of Jesus. So Paul now is accepted into the Jerusalem church because of Barnabas. Okay, so, so Barnabas played this, this very key role. And then, then in chapter 11, um, in, in verse, verse 19, we see that, that uh, all of a sudden, uh, the gospel begins to spread beyond Jerusalem. And um, in, in chapter 19, and 
It's chapter 11, verse 19. So then those who were scattered because of the persecution that occurred in connection with Stephen made their, and, and by the way, Paul was a part of that. You know that. So, so, so they made their way to Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except to Jews only. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks, also preaching the Lord Jesus. The hand of the Lord was with them. Large number believed, turned to the Lord. News about them reached the ears of the church of Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas off to Antioch. So they trusted this guy, Barnabas. Then when he arrived and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced, began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. For he, listen, this is a beautiful expression concerning Barnabas. He was a good man, which means he was a man full of character, full of the Holy Spirit, and of faith. And considerable numbers were brought to the Lord. But Barnabas leaves... Antioch, okay, for Troas, for, for, for Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch, and for an entire year, they met with the church and taught considerable numbers, and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. So, so here's this wonderful relationship between these two guys who worked together for over a year, you know, hand in hand, working together, preaching the gospel, ministering together. Barnabas, a man, a good man, full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom. Also Paul, similarly, okay, and here we come to Acts chapter 15. Good, godly men disagree. I, I love the scripture because it doesn't, it doesn't just uh, whitewash and say, everybody who are Christians who are filled with the Spirit will always agree. Yeah. Yep. How many know that you don't always agree? How many can say, I don't always agree with my husband or my wife? Come on. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Travis, for raising your hand. All right. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the reality of life. So, so, so it's unrealistic for us to think that we're going to... How many, how many know what Ludafisk is? You, you know, how many like Ludafisk? Raise your hand if you like Ludafisk. Anybody? Oh, I see that hand. All right. All right. You know, I, how many can't stand Ludafis? I cannot stand. I, I've had it many. It's okay. You don't have to like Ludafis, right? <laughs> you like it, but yeah, I don't like it. You know? so, so, so we can disagree. And the scripture is full of, you, you have all kinds of freedom to be unique and, and, and distinct and have differing opinions. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Paul, Paul says in Romans 12, if possible, as, it, as, it, as, it, as it's within you, as it depends upon you, live peaceably. Right. As much as you can. Yeah. Okay? And, and, and then, then in, in, in Romans chapter 14, he, he uh, continues on this, on this same theme. In Romans chapter 14 and verse 4, who are you to judge the servant of another? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person regards one day above another. Another regards every day alike. Each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. So, you know, Pastor Bob and I are great friends. That doesn't mean that we necessarily agree on everything. You know, we don't have to. And, and Paul and Barnabas were good friends, and they were good friends even after this agreement. This, this disagreement that happened between them. And, and by the way, God multiplied the work. 
So, so Barnabas and Mark leave and go to Cyprus. Paul takes Silas, one of the leaders of the church in Jerusalem, who had a prophetic ministry, actually, in the church in Jerusalem, and, 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 and they began to travel. So uh, Paul and Silas began to go to the places where Paul and Barnabas had gone on the first missionary journey, and uh, they went to places where 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 Paul grew up. They went to Lystra, where Timothy joins them, and, and to our understanding, at the same time, Luke, because Luke is writing the book of Acts, and he uses the word we at this point, and so we know that, that Luke is actually traveling with them at this time, and, 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 and so they began to travel together. Um, and so they traveled northwest into an area called Phrygia and Galatia, um, and they're now, Paul and Barnabas, uh, Paul, Paul and Silas are now on the northwest border of, of what was then called Asia, which we now know to be Turkey, okay? Right up by the Black Sea. Huge, huge, huge sea called the Black Sea. And, and that whole region of the world was lost. They'd never heard the gospel. And, and, and they're right on the border of an area called Bithynia. And uh, in Paul's mind, it was as natural as breathing to go to Bithynia. Okay, they're right there. These people are lost. They don't know Jesus. And, and, and but Acts chapter 16, we see that um, there's established a precedent concerning our lives. And it's, and it's important that we understand that. And it says, verse 6, they passed through the Phrygian and Galatian region, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. You've got to be kidding me. God forbade them to go to Asia, forbade them to go to Turkey, and after they came to Mysia, they were trying to go to Bithynia. Paul's still trying. He, this is logical. This makes sense. I should go there. These people need the gospel. They're lost. Yeah. They're going to go to hell without Christ. Right. So he tries to go there. And the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. And passing, passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. Okay. So here we have biblical precedent being established. And the biblical precedent is this. The need is not the call. The need is not the call. There's need all over the world. You have MECOM, we're involved in ministry all over the world. You could feel like that I might think you know, if you're going to really be doing kingdom work, you're going to be, you know, joining hands with us doing what we're doing. I, I, don't, I don't feel that at all. You know, you're going to have, have other people come from other mission fields, and, 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 and you may get the impression that, you know, we should go down and work with them. Well, maybe yes, maybe no. Honest, I, I got to tell you the honest truth. I've been all over the world, and there are people on mission fields today that I am absolutely convinced that they're out of the will of God. God never called them to the mission field. <laughs> Maybe somebody else did. Maybe they got, you know, they, they felt responsible that I've got to do this. And so, you know, they go to Bible college and they, and they go to the mission, but they're absolutely miserable on the mission field. Or they act, 
I, I've met pastors, I'm meeting with pastors every week. I meet pastors that are miserable pastoring. They shouldn't be pastoring. Because God didn't call them to do that. God is saying, man, you know, I wanted you to work at Microsoft. What are you doing? You know? Or I wanted you to be a plumber or an electrician or, you know, or be a doctor or be a school teacher or, or, or be a homeschool mom. You know, I, I mean, come on. The reality, the need is not the call. There's need all over the world. So it's not a matter of, 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 of simply running all over trying to do the work of God. It's a matter of discovering what has God called me to do. Right. And then do it. Right. If you're a business person, do that with all your... Let me, let me read something to you that I just love from the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 31. Because when we think of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, when we think of God coming upon people for what we call ministry, most often we are thinking of pastors, teachers, worship leaders, missionaries, whatever, okay? But listen to this. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, See, I have called by name Basileel, the son of Uri, uh, the, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah. I have... Now, now this is Old Testament. This is Old Testament. I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and craftsmanship to make artistic designs for work in gold and silver and bronze. Listen, God doesn't just anoint people to preach and teach and do worship and, and be missionaries. He anoints people. He anoints people. He anoints their hands to do creative work, whether it's, whether it's building something brand new or whether it's, whether it's some other area of work. But God has called you to something. Right. And whatever he's called you to, he wants you, he wants to anoint you in that. Right. He wants to, he wants to supercharge your ability beyond human ability so that you can do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or even think. So I just want you to raise your hands to the Lord. Come on, just, just, just raise your hands to the Lord. I want to pray for you this morning that God would anoint you in what God has called you to do as a school teacher. God would anoint you as a nurse or a doctor. God would anoint you as a construction worker or a plumber. God, so, 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 so that all of a sudden, God gives you creative ideas that aren't just yours. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, I pray that we would move the sense of the presence and the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon the lives of people beyond simply ministry, what we call ministry in the church, God. And I pray that we would recognize that every aspect of life and ministry can be anointed by your Holy Spirit. And I pray that you would, you would supercharge your people. I pray you would give them creative ideas to do more than they would ever think possible, Lord. Yes, Lord. More than their natural ability. I pray there, there'll be times as they, as they come home from work, they would just be praying in their car saying, God, <laughs> whatever happened today, it wasn't me, it was you. <laughs> you helped me. Yes. You helped me to to build that wall. You helped me to counsel that child. You helped me to have understanding concerning that person's physical need. You helped me. Yes. God, may it be so. Yeah. May your people never feel second class because they're not pastors or teachers or missionaries 
or worship leaders or youth pastors. May they know that their calling is significant to you. And you're proud of them. And you want to continue to use them. And I pray for that in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, so so here, here, you know, James chapter one says, if anyone lack wisdom, let him ask of God. All right. He, here we see the faithfulness of God to lead Paul in a different direction. How many can say God has been faithful in my life to lead me? Sometimes we didn't even know what was going on. Even, even we didn't know why we felt impressed to go a particular direction. And then we looked back and we said, man, that was God. <laughs> that was wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Right. Praise God. Right. So Romans 8 says, all who are being led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The assumption of Scripture is that you're going to be led. Galatians chapter, chapter 5 says, if we live by the Spirit, let's, let's walk by the Spirit. I, let's make this practical. Yeah. You know? God wants to lead you. He wants to direct you. Jesus said in, in the Gospel of John, my sheep what? Hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. It's wonderful, wonderful reality. I, I mean, there's wonderful examples of it. I mean, my goodness, Luke chapter 2, here, here's an example of a guy by the name of Simeon. We don't know anything about him. We don't know what he did for a living. We don't know if he was single or married. We don't know hardly anything about this guy. But in Luke chapter 2, verse 25, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel, meaning the coming of Christ, the Messiah. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. Here it is again, pre-Pentecost. The Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. He came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, this guy Simeon takes the baby Jesus up in his arms, and I'm, there, I'm sure the priest is saying, what, what are you doing, buddy? You're not a priest. You know, what are you doing taking, you know, this is, this is my job. This is my responsibility. And here Simeon takes up the, the, the little baby Jesus and begins to prophesy concerning who Christ was. Yeah. He says, I can die now. <laughs> I've seen the Lord. <laughs> Man, yeah, right. how many want to be a Simeon? I want to be a Simeon. I want to be led by the Spirit. Yeah. I want to hear his voice. It's possible. So, so Paul hears a word from God, and the word was no. <laughs> How many have ever heard God say no to you? Feel that check? I'm not supposed to go that direction. How many? How many can relate to that? I mean, thank God. Thank God. And, and I'm sure many of you can look back and say, oh, I'm so thankful that I heard. Right? All right, so, so, so God said no, but he didn't say yes yet. He didn't say what yet. He just said no. 
I don't want you to go to make made no sense. It was illogical. They were right there. Why not? But he responded to it. Loved it. He could have shrugged it off. He could have tucked himself into going to Bithynia. He could have resisted this as being illogical. Did he know what God's plan was yet? No. He had no idea. He just knew he wasn't supposed to do this. God, I pray that that I'll, I'll, I'll hear that when you say no. That I won't just detour around that. But I'll respond to that. There was no clear direction. There wasn't a clear word from God. No to Bithynia, but yes to Macedonia. No, no, no. There was no Macedonia at this point. All there is is a no. <laughs> That's all there was. No yes, just, just to no. So, Paul used his head. How many, how many got a brain? Got a brain? God gave you a brain to use on purpose. He wants you to use your brain. Okay, so, so he, he, he did go logical, and, and he said, well, you know, I'm not supposed to be here. We've already been down there. I'm going to go to Troas. So he goes to Troas, and uh, it, it was a pivotal, a pivotal port between Europe and Asia Minor. It was a tourist city. By the way, many Macedonians would travel over the Aegean Sea because it was a tourist trap. It was a tourist town. And so they would go there to shop. And so as, as, Paul, is in, as Paul is in Troas, he sees these Macedonians. How did he know they were Macedonians? Well, the Macedonians guys wore this unusual hat, long brim, high hat. That was unusual. And so he, everybody knew when the Macedonians came to town. So he'd seen Macedonians over and over, over e- easily identified. So Paul, Silas, Timothy, now Luke, are standing at the edge of the Aegean Sea. Brought here by the Spirit of God, but for what? Paul didn't know. He didn't know. How long were they in Troas? We don't know. Were they there a day, a week, a month, three months? We don't know. We don't know if it was short or if it was a longer time. We just know they were there. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, one day, Acts 16, verse 9 happens. And uh, let let me just read it. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia. He, he says, I know who that is. That's a Macedonian. He was standing and appealing to him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So there's this, there's this unraveling of revelation, concluding. Okay, so, so no to Bithynia. All right? They're in Troas. What's next? We don't know. How many like the in-between? None of us like in-between. None of us like that position of being, you know, 
I hear a no, but I don't have a yes yet. I don't know where I'm supposed to go, but I, I... Is anybody there right now? You're, you're kind of an in-between, okay? Some of you are, are, are right there right now. It, it's uncomfortable. We don't like that position. And that's exactly where Paul was. He was in the in-between. But then all of a sudden, God was faithful. And let me say to you today, you may be in the in-between in right now, but God will be faithful to you. Yes. He will guide you. He will lead you. He will open doors that no one can close. He will break down the gates of brass and the bars of iron. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. He will speak to you. Do not be afraid. Don't be intimidated by the in-between, but recognize that this will pass and God will give clear direction. That's the way of the Lord. And so one day it comes and understanding comes and they go to Macedonia and things begin to move swiftly. First European convert is a woman, a wealthy woman by the name of Lydia, seller of purple, a businesswoman. By the way, she said, hey, you guys come on, stay in my big house. Slave girls delivered from demons. Paul and Silas are imprisoned, put in stocks, beaten. Hey, I thought we were supposed to go to Macedonia. What's the, what's the big idea? How come not everything is working out wonderful here? God calling you into something doesn't mean that it's not going to be without its challenge and its difficulties. Sometimes there are many challenges and difficulties in doing what God has called you to do. We could go on. There's a great earthquake. The jailer gets saved. He brings them into his house, washes them from the, the beating they received, Give them a good meal. Uh, the magistrates say, uh, let them go. I mean, <laughs> the prison opened, nobody left. <clears throat> Paul mans up and he says, no way. No, you, you guys come down and you release us. <laughs> I love that. I love Paul man up. We're, we're, we're Roman citizens here, and you're not, you're not going to get away with, with, with just sending somebody down to open the door and say, you guys leave town. No, 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 no. You, you, you city leaders, you come down and you release us. I, I love that. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Let me, let me wrap this up, and everybody says amen to that, right? Okay. There, there are few turning points in history. But what I just read to you about Bithynia and Macedonia is one of them. Because of, because of Paul hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit not to go to Bithynia and then waiting and then hearing a clear word from God that he was supposed to go to, in, into Macedonia, 
Because of that, the gospel went west instead of east. Now, now God didn't abandon the, the people in Bithynia. You read first, first and second Peter, and you see that the people that, that Peter was writing to were believers in that part of the world. Now, I'm not sure if, if, if Peter went up there himself or if, if other believers went up there, but God used somebody to reach those people. But the gospel went west through Paul and Silas. And that's why you're here this morning. You're here this morning because, because Paul obeyed God. Paul didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know that the gospel was going to spread all throughout Europe. You know? All through what now is Germany and Great Britain and, and, and those crazy Vikings. He, he didn't know. He didn't know that the gospel was going to spread through all of that part of the world. And because of that, we've come to Christ. How, how easy it is for us to talk ourselves into a Bithynia. Not knowing that God has a surprise waiting for us if we would only hear his voice and be patient and respond to his leading and be willing to wait until God leads clearly. In all of the seven churches of Asia Minor and Revelation 2 and 3, there's all kinds of different messages that the Holy Spirit, that Jesus is actually speaking by the power of the Holy Spirit to the seven churches of Asia Minor. But one of the things he says the same to all of them, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. How many say, Dave, I, I want to hear the voice of God. I want to hear what God is saying in my own personal life. Some of you here today are at a crossroads in your life. <laughs> you, may, you may have already heard a no, but you haven't heard the yes yet. You haven't heard the Macedonian call yet. You may be going through something right now where you're not sure where you should go or what you should do. Maybe it's, maybe it's vocationally. Maybe it's relationally. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's buying a house or selling a house or whatever. All kinds of decisions, huh? But you're here this morning, and, and you're, you're right in the middle of, 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 of really needing to hear the voice of God in your circumstances to know what you should do right now. And, and if that's you, I'm, I'm not going to ask you to come forward, but I am going to ask you to respond. If that's you this morning, I just want you to stand right where you're at as a statement of faith, and I want to pray for you right where you're at. And God will honor your step of faith. You need to hear from God in this season right now. Yeah. I, I could honestly say that as I look back, I see how faithfully God 
has been to lead and guide and open doors and show direction and even help me to get out of a detour where I, I, I start going the wrong direction. It's almost like one of those circle drives, huh? And, 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 and you, you start turning and then you sense, no, I'm not supposed to go there. So you keep going and then finally, you know, you, you figure it out. Then you look back and you say, God, you, you were so faithful to guide me. I just want to pray for you. Your decisions, your life, what's important to you is important to God. I want you to know that. You're important to God. And what's important to you is important to him. (laughs) And it may seem small to some people, but it's big to you. It's all right. It's good. Lord, I just pray right now for people within the sound of my voice here right now, Lord. God, we need to hear your voice. We need you to guide and direct and lead us. Lord, help us to help us to clearly understand the no. And then help us to wait until we hear the yes. I pray, oh God, in the name of Jesus, that, Lord, even in a season of confusion, there would be peace. I pray the peace of God that passes all understanding would stand guard over these people this morning in the name of Jesus. It may take time, but God, you are going to be faithful to lead them and to guide them and direct them. It may be concerning where to go to school. It may be concerning what to do with their life next. It may be concerning vocation or, or something else, but God, you know. And I pray in the name of Jesus, they would not be fearful. Paul could have been afraid and said, I, I don't know what's going to happen if I go to Macedonia, but he was, he was willing to step out and do what you were calling him to do. And I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that once we know this is what you are saying, we would walk with confidence, knowing that you will continue to lead and guide and direct us by your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that the season of quietness and confusion would soon end for many in this room. And in its place (laughs) would be the Macedonian call. Come over and help us. (laughs) God, may it be so in the name of Jesus. May it be clear, even as it was for Paul, so he could conclude This is what you're calling us to do. May that be true for every person who's standing this morning in the name of Jesus, that they will in time be able to conclude, this is what you are saying for me to do. We give you all the praise and all the glory in the name of Jesus.